I came across some pictures in my office earlier this week. They were of a party that was held here at the church a little over 15 years ago. The pictures themselves weren't dated, but I can tell you exactly when it happened. It was August 9th, 2003. I remember because it was the day that I was ordained, and it was one of the most special, most memorable days of my entire life. Sometimes when we look at pictures, it can cause us to think about the past a little bit, can't it? You know, there was no way that I could have known this at that time, at that moment in my life, but in a lot of ways, uh, that day marked a central point in a season of my life that lasted about, about 15 years. On one side, there was uh, college, divinity school, about seven years. On the other side of that was a little over eight years where I would be involved in full-time ministry as a senior, as a senior pastor. Um, so again, about 15 years. And I don't talk about this a whole lot, but I'd like to share with you this morning that for me personally, at the end of those 15 years, I was absolutely and utterly exhausted. Deep in my heart, I wasn't sure if, uh, if uh, I would be involved in ministry uh, anymore, at least not in the way that I had in the past. Um, but those, that first decade and a half, it taught me a lot. Wish I could say that I did everything perfectly. Uh, I didn't. I can tell you that there was one lesson at least that that season of my life taught me. Um, And it has to do with leaning on the strength of God as opposed to leaning on our own strength. Uh, when When I first answered God's call to ministry uh, as a member here at this church in college, uh, I truly, truly, truly wanted to do great things for God, things that had never, ever been done before in the whole history of the world. I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to make a change in the world. I wanted to make God proud. Did you notice how many eyes? We're in what I just said. Now, I have absolutely uh, no doubt that God used me during those years to accomplish a variety of things, but uh, at the end of that season of my life, I was really run down. Um, The lesson that I learned in a nutshell, and again, one of the most powerful lessons I've ever learned, uh, was this, was this. That there is a world of difference between seeking to do things for God, right, and seeking to allow God to accomplish great things through me. Does that make sense? I mean, uh, the first way, the way that I tried for so long, it depends heavily on our own strength, our own uh, ideas, our own 
resources which all are extremely limited, right? The other way, it depends on God's strength and on God's ideas and on God's resources which are truly limitless. That first way, again, relying on ourselves, trying to do something great for God, um, it causes us to be tired and frustrated and anxious and uh, all sorts of things. The other way, the second way, the one where we learn to lean not on our own understanding or on our own strength, guess what that leads to? The exact opposite. It leads to peace, to power, and endless possibilities. This morning marks the fourth installment of our Great Commandment message series. We've already together taken a look at what it might mean to love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind. Today we are talking about what it means to love God with all of our strength. And here's why I began the message the way that I did, because uh, loving God with all of our strength, it's, it's very much about uh, a delicate balance. Our part and God's. Uh, both working together for good. Um, it's, it's, it's truly a fundamental aspect of living the Christian life in a way that is both faithful and sustainable. Our part and God's. Our strength and God's working together. Can we read uh, this passage once, once again? Mark's Gospel, chapter 12, beginning in verse 28. It says, And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that Jesus answered them well, the scribe asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul and with all of your strength. And the second is this, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. You know, there's a lot that could be said about uh, learning to love God with all of our strength. This morning, I'd like to just focus on it from three different angles, though. Here they are. The first, strength as action. In other words, putting our beliefs into practice. The second is our strengths as our abilities, which are as unique and diverse as every single one of us. And then finally, uh, strength as playing our part in God's bigger plan. Let's jump right in. Strengths as action. Last Sunday, 
we talked about loving God with all of our minds uh, and the importance of cultivating a deeper understanding or knowledge about God. And this is incredibly important because um, our understanding of God and God's ways can help inform and help guide our actions. But beliefs or understandings in and of themselves are never, ever, ever enough. The book of James in the New Testament, the letter to James, it's one of the places in Scripture that talks a lot about putting our beliefs into action, um, using our strength to live out our faith. James 2.14, it says, uh, What good is it, my brothers? If someone says he has faith but does not have works, can that faith save him? James 2.17 says, faith without works is dead. We've probably heard that one before. James 2.20, it says, faith apart from works is useless. Please hear me when I say this morning that what we're not talking about, what we're not talking about is uh, the idea that we can somehow earn God's favor by performing well. I think that's a, you know, that's a mindset, it's a mentality, it's a trap that many of us slip into from time to time, this works-based theology that Paul talked so much against. That's not what we're talking about this morning. What we are talking about here is the fact that action is really the only thing that can bridge the gap between belief, ideas about God, and faith, which is experience of God. When we put our beliefs into action, the result is faith. The result is experience for ourselves. Now, this is true when it comes to spirituality, but think about all the other areas of our life where this principle is true as well. Uh, here's what I'm talking about, if I lost you. You know, you can read all the books in the world about parenting, but until you change a diaper at 3 a.m., or until you tell, have to tell your child that they are grounded for the first time, um, you don't really fully, truly understand you know, I think about all the classes that I took in divinity school. You can understand a lot of ideas about ministry, but until you are in that emergency room, until you are standing uh, next to a burial plot in the middle of the week, in the middle of the country, you don't really, really understand how to do it. Same is true with music. I mean, you can literally study theory, music, you know, how it works. But until we, we touch an instrument, until we feel it, until we can hear the noises, the sounds that are coming out, we don't truly understand 
Again, it's the same with faith, that it only develops substance, only develops depth when it's put into practice. So that's a big part of what we're talking about this morning. Loving God with all of our strength, it involves, listen closely, it involves our hands, it involves our feet, it involves our time, it involves our checkbook, it involves being involved. Not just being fans of Jesus Christ, but followers as well. First John 3.18 says, Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Now, maybe you believe that this morning. That putting our faith into practice, putting our beliefs into practice, is absolutely essential. Maybe the question you have this morning is, uh, how do I do that? How do I go about doing that in my life? Well, that brings us to the second point this morning, our strengths as our abilities. Now, I would imagine that most folks in here this morning, at least those over the age of probably 16 or so, most of us here have probably sat through a job interview before. Um, If you have, you know that one of the most popular questions, one of the most popular interview questions of all time is, what are your strengths? Now, imagine for a moment If you were sitting in that room, sitting in that office, and your potential employer asked you that question, so, uh, Sally, what are your strengths? You know, Joe, what are your strengths? Uh, Sandy, what are your strengths? Um, Now, imagine if you chose to uh, respond to that question with something along the lines of, well, um, my mom, she's a pretty good cook. Or my brother, he's uh, pretty good with numbers. Or I knew this guy once, he could whistle out of both sides of his mouth. Uh, Christine actually knows somebody who can whistle uh, melody and out one side of his mouth and a harmony outside of the other. That's impressive, but it's probably not going to get you a job, is it? Um, if that interviewer was a person who was impatient, they might just show you to the door. Now, if they were a kind person, probably what they would do is they, they would redirect you a little bit. And they would say, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about your mom. I'm not talking about your brother. I'm not talking about that guy that you used to know years ago. How about you? What are your strengths? What are your abilities? What are your gifts? Because that's what's really important. When it comes to serving God, when it comes to being a part of God's ministry in this world, I think that there sometimes are some folks out there who believe that there are only certain types of gifts that are useful or relevant. Um, Things like teaching or public speaking or playing an instrument or singing. Um, And, you know, we think to ourselves, well, I'm not very good at that. How can God use me? If you have ever thought that, can I please 
tell you this morning that uh, in God's work, in this world, that every single gift, every ability is more than important. It is absolutely critical. Do you have any idea, and here's just an example, of how many skills and how many talents that go into what we do here on Sunday morning, week after week after week? I could start a list and you would be absolutely blown away of all the people that it takes, all the talents that it takes, at least 100 people, just so we can be sitting here this morning so that we can uh, enjoy music, so that when communion goes around, there's something in the tray, so that the lights are on. So, I mean, again, the list goes on and on. Now, I do want to pause to say uh, to those of you who serve, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. We could not do this without you. Uh, To those who maybe haven't jumped in and gotten involved, can I say to you, uh, we need you. You are welcome. You are important. Whatever your strengths may or may not be, they are important to God and they are important to God's work. Amen? Um, The Greek word in our past in our passage of Scripture from Mark that's translated uh, in ESV as strength, love God with all of your strength. Um, The original Greek word is ishus. And it's also, I think this is interesting, it's also translated in Scripture as abilities. It's interesting to read it that way, to love God with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, and all of our abilities. Abilities. See, the invitation found here in this passage of Scripture that Christ extends to us, it has nothing to do with our, mo- our mother or our brother or that person that we knew years ago. Um, it's an invitation that is extended to us and the unique strengths, abilities that God has given to us. So how do, and this brings us to our final point this morning. Again, we're just doing sort of a brief overview here. Um, How do our strengths work together with God's strength? Um, I mean, playing our part in God's much bigger plan. Um, And here's our final point this morning. Um, I think you would probably agree with me this morning when I say that um, wrapping our heads around the way that our strength and our strengths are supposed to work together with uh, the strength of God, that that can seem extremely complicated. I know because I spent uh, about 15 years trying to figure this out. And still today, I probably, I know, I only have it partially figured out, right? Because here's what what it looks like. Uh, On one hand, we know that being a follower of Jesus, and not just a fan, 
that it does. It involves effort. It involves sacrifice. It involves time, energy, and intentionality. On the other hand, though, we know that uh, at the end of the day, it is really only the strength of God that we can truly count on to carry us through. So how does that relationship between the two play out? This may be the, the most important, of the, important point of the whole message this morning. I believe that this essentially comes down to uh, an issue of recognizing who is in charge. Can I say that one more time? I think it really comes down to an issue of recognizing who is in charge. See, we are called to give God our very best, but in doing so, we also acknowledge that the weight of the world does not rest on our shoulders, praise God. Have you ever felt that way? Can I get a little personal this morning? Have you ever felt like the weight of the world rests on your shoulders? Here's what I'd like to say to each of us this morning. Very simple idea. God is the boss. And we work for him. Amen. See, we don't have to have all the answers. Because he does. We don't have to fix everything because he will. Now there's a good chance that he might use us to do it, but we get our instructions and the energy to accomplish those tasks from him. Here's, and it makes all the difference in the world because I can tell you that this time around in ministry, it feels very, very different in a good way because I've learned, or at least I'm learning that um, when we choose to entrust the challenges of our lives to the care of God, simply asking him to guide us through the particulars, it is amazing how much weight is lifted from our shoulders and how much new energy we feel. There is a catch, though. Always a catch. Here's the catch. See, if we're going to receive our instructions, our guidance, our strength from God, it's going to involve spending time with him. It's going to involve maybe a little more prayer, waking up in the morning and saying, all right, God, we're in this together. Tell me what to do. You're the boss. And then at 9.15 a.m. when we've forgotten that, right, it means going back to him again and saying, all right, I know you told me something that was important, but I forgot. Can you tell me that again? And then about 10.38 and still in the morning, you know, we, we get off on our own track again and it's like, okay, God, um, I'm in a bind here. Can you please give me some direction? Fortunately, fortunately, 
There is no such thing as a problem that is too big or too small for our God. And there's no such thing as asking God for help or direction too often or too many times. In fact, the more that we learn to do this, the more natural it becomes. And the the quicker we are to hear his voice and hear his directions. And before we know it, um, we realize what a blessing it is to work for this boss because he loves us so much. Now, I know, I know that it is somewhat of a paradox uh, to realize that loving God with all of our strength involves learning to lean less on our own power, on our own plan, and more on God's sort of counterintuitive. But hasn't that really been the way it is all along? I mean, I can think of no better example than Christ's submission His sacrifice on the cross, not necessarily what he would have chosen, but part of God's plan. Now, some people, some people might view absolute dependence on God as a show of some kind of weakness. But in fact, it is the exact opposite. It is the way, our submission to God and his power, it's the way that God's will is released into the world. Now, someday, all of us are going to look back on this time in our life. Um, this season in our journey. And I hope that this is a time when we can look back and say, um, I'm learning to trust more in God, to lean less on myself and more on him, because it does, it makes all the difference in the world. I hadn't planned to do this, but just a a quick recap. Um, Loving God with all of our strength, it requires action. It's where the rubber hits the road. Um, Loving God with all of our strength means using all of our abilities or all of our strengths, all of our gifts. Loving God with all of our strength, it means playing our part in God's much bigger plan because our hands and our feet, they are absolutely important. Next week, we're going to spend a little bit of time exploring what it might mean to love our neighbors as ourself. For this morning, I'd like to leave you with a few promises from God's word that have everything to do with strength. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. God says, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power, God's power, it's made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says here, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's 
power may rest on me. Psalm 46, 1, it says, God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in times of trouble. Isaiah 40, 29 and 31, God gives strength to the weary. He increases the power of the weak. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And finally, one of my favorite of all time, certainly one of those that is worth committing to memory and holding in our hearts, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things. Through Christ, who gives me strength. Will you pray with me this morning? Lord, thank you. Thank you that you are our source of strength and peace and power. Forgive us for the times when we try to do it on our own even if our motives are good. You are our refuge and our strength. I pray, Lord, that you would teach us, each of us, what it looks like to decrease so that you can increase through us. Thank you for your patience with us and the plan that you have for each of our lives. Walk with us, Lord, as we continue this journey to know you more, love you more, and serve you more. These things we pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.